Welcome back to the MTR Network. I am Palm, your host for this edition of The Character Corner. Now, I know you're used to hearing myself and Chris go back and forth for a long time about a various number of characters, creators, and story arcs, but this is our first try, our first dip of the toe in the water, if you will, of a new format. It's going to be called Character Corner Shorts, and basically it's going to be taking myself and Chris and updating some of our older character corners, let you know what's going on with some of our favorite characters as time has moved on. You may have noticed also listening to the character corner that our podcasts are pretty much what we call evergreen means you can pop one in you don't really have a frame of reverence for when it was recorded because it's always good that being said i'm recording this in july 2019 and then that means i have a favor to ask to everyone who can hear the sound of my voice do me a huge favor pop on over to podcastawards.com and you can nominate the character corner in two categories this is a big deal because it adds to just not just exposure for the podcast but it allows us the opportunity to see how our fan base mobilizes and hopefully get more podcasts up for more awards next year what we need you to do is give them your email address i know it feels scary in today's times but they're going to be deleting it after the awards so you won't be getting any spam or have your information sold go in there and vote for the character corner in two categories the two categories are going to be entertainment and people's choice now, these are very important categories for me. One, because entertainment, I see some names up there. I recognize some names I want to chase. And People's Choice, look, I'll take the Pepsi Challenge against any one of those other podcasts. I think that we do it better. I know that we do more research. And I know we put in a lot of time for this. So do me that favor. Hop on over to podcastawards.com. Vote for Character Corner in both the entertainment and People's Choice categories. And that is all the preamble you're going to get because we're going to kick off our Character Corner shorts with Tim Drake, the third Robin the Robin of my youth, Thor agrees. He's very excited that we're going to be talking about Tim tonight. Now, you may ask yourself, of all the Robins you can cover, of all the Robins you can update, why Tim Drake? Well, I nominated Tim Drake first because, let's be perfectly honest, I'm 34. This is my Robin. This is the Robin I grew up with. This is the Robin who was the longest tenured in the comic books as far as publishing time. This is the Robin who a lot of our listeners would also identify as their Robin. Dick Grayson is more evolved as Nightwing. Jason Todd is just known as the dead one. And if you like Damien more than Jay, than Tim, everyone makes mistakes. Now, when we talk about Tim Drake, I have to go to where we ended our podcast last time. Where we ended was the inception of the New 52 because we had just come off of the Fabian Nicazza, uh and Marcus Toe Red Robin book, which I absolutely adored. I thought it was one of the best runs in DC at the time. We talked about how that's one of the places where DC kind of thrives, where you take a smaller book and you have a freedom to kind of do what you want to do, tell the stories you want to tell. When we got to the New 52, when that wave hit DC Comics post-Flashpoint, I'm going to be honest, I was left a little bit cold by the depiction of Tim Drake. Gone was the boy who knew that he had to do good because it was good for goodness sake. Gone was the boy who deduced Batman and Robin's identities by a quadruple somersault performed by Robin, who he'd only seen performed by Dick Grayson. Gone was the innate detective who just needed to do better. And with the revelation in Teen Titans number zero, we got finally got Tim Drake's New 52 origin. And for those of you who are long-term fans of the character, it left a lot to be desired. So... What they told us in that issue was that he was born a boy named Tim, no last name ever given. As he got older, he became smarter than all his peers, Olympic-level athlete. And by the time he was 15, he had spent so much time obsessing over Batman that he was trying to figure out who it actually was. Batman, of course, being Batman, noticed this and took Tim an ominous warning, telling him that he needs to stop his activities. The Tim in this story refused and siphoned $100 million away from the Penguin, which got gangsters to come after he and his family 
forcing them to move in witness protection, taking up the surname Drake. Tim Age was also legally reduced to fifteen from to thirteen from fifteen to help protect his witness to take his identity. And then Bruce Wayne adopted Tim now Drake as his legal ward, revealing himself to be Batman. This is all occurring after the N fifty two death of Jason Todd, and to not disrespect his legacy, Robin to be Tim Drake became the very first young man to be a psychic, not named Robin, but instead Red Robin. Now, this is fine, and if this is the Tim Drake that you recognize, that's fine. But I think it's important to recognize just how far afield it was of the Tim we knew, the Tim we'd come and grown up with. And I think DC noticed as well. We're going to keep talking about Infinity 2, though, for a second, even though it pains me. That should tell you how much I love this podcast and love the listeners. I hate Tim Drake in the New 52. It causes me pain to have read this, but I did that because I care. Now, um, chronologically, when, Tim, when Damian Wayne was introduced, Tim, relationship with Bruce faltered. He ended up retiring from superheroics. But with the new Teen Titans book launching with the New 52, he was kind of forced back into the game. With a new costume, some have recalled it, some, mostly myself, have called it his Vegas showgirl costume. You remember the big wings, the domino mask, the heavy tech usage. It's almost like they tried to combine Robin and Batgirl. Now, not from uh, the wings perspective, but from just how much he depended on his tech at the time. Now, um... With this new Teen Titans book, there was Cassie Sandsmark, obviously Wonder Girl, and a bunch of kind of newer characters, including a new Flash, Kid Flash, I should say, who was apparently from the future. It gets worked out in the arc, but what brought Tim back, what brought Red Robin back to working with these teenage superheroes was nowhere was targeting uh, teen um, metahumans, including Tim, quote-unquote Drake. They were forced to compete in what's called the culling. Um, there's a lot of things that happened there. I would advise anyone who's a Tim Drake fan to skip right on past New 52. I'm diving into it because this is a character corner short, because this is an update to an existing character corner, but I do not recommend it to anyone. Uh, Tim, obviously back knee-deep in superheroics, gets wound up in the Night of the Owls crossover and was ended up being kidnapped by the Joker for the death of the family arc in both Scott Snyder's Batman run and Greg Capullo's Batman run. Um, the family broke up. Tim bounced. He ended up coming back during the Batman Incorporated for the Battle of Gotham City, where Damien was murdered by his elder clone. Um, from there, Tim continued on with the Teen Titans, appearing there regularly, learning the truth about the future Kid Flash, and then the Titans disbanded and moved on. He then became, you know, just Red Robin in continuity. Batman Eternal happens next, and for me, this is where you got to see the flashes of the Tim Drake that I knew, that I grew up with, the Tim Drake you may be more comfortable with, shining through. So Batman Eternal was a weekly year-long series, or yeah, weekly year-long series, where essentially it's just a big overarching story. It was It's something that they've actually gone back to the well for, but I think Eternal might have been their best crack at it. The bigger story is basically the emergence of the Clue Master and the re-emergence of uh, Owlman. Uh, Lincoln March, but the Tim Drake portions are pretty interesting because it is in this series that we're introduced to Harper Rowe, who he trains to become one of the uh, kind of a sidekick of the bat, and he also in this miniseries meets Stephanie Brown, the daughter of Arthur Brown, the Clue Master, who ends up being very integral to this entire story. Now, with the emergence of Tim as a mentor and emergence of Tim and Stephanie, you start to see the pieces of the pre fifty two slipping through. Uh, Tim keeps going on. He then. Look, and I know people have an affinity for 52 and they're trying new things. 
me myself didn't think it was really well done, didn't think it was well pulled off. I have no real affection for the Teen Titans era Tim Drake. Then we have something called another uh, week-long series, a year-long series called The Robin War. And this is where all the former Robins are being manipulated by other uh, forces. It ends up bringing Tim Drake, obviously, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, and Damian Wayne working together. It's pretty cool. I like the way that they were able to grow and focus on the relationships of the Robin family. And then we have another appearance of Tim Drake in Batman and Robin Eternal. This is now a story over a total of the course of a year again, where it is both Batman and Robin getting to see how that legacy has come over the years. It ends with the introduction of Cassandra Cain, also known as Batgirl in the previous continuity. Now, once Rebirth hits the books, that's kind of where you suck me back in. That's kind of where I get re-energized in these books and in the story of Tim Drake, because what we see is kind of a return to form. The idea behind James Tinney and the Force t- Detective Comics run is that, you know, Tim Drake is still going to be Red Robin, but he gets a new Red Robin suit. It now looks like his original Robin suit from the previous continuity, except now it's got two R's over the chest as opposed to one. They eventually, as they, as they roll this out, it becomes interesting because Batman gives Robin essentially the freedom to recruit a new team in Gotham alongside Orphan, who is Cassandra Cain's spoiler, who again is Stephanie Brown, and a reformed Clayface training as a group under Batwoman's uh, purview. The main thrust of the story is that this is the ex- execution of a plan that Tim has had in his mind for a long time called Pax Batman. And it's basically peace in Gotham through the power of the Batman through building a system that would create itself. It's one of the times where you see, oh, this is the Tim that I miss. This is the Tim that says, I can fix everything if I just have enough control. Um, the original uh, antagonist for this Knights of uh, Gotham were the colonists, a paramilitary group run by Kate Kane's uh, father, Jake Kane, who have modeled themselves after Batman in a much more violent manner. The team rescues Batman, who's been kidnapped, Tim hacks her database, and then Bat Jones are then sent to take down the League of Shadows, which will kill hundreds of innocents in the process. As Tim's teammates go to evacuate the locations, Tim hacks the most drones mission to make him the sole target, knowing that they will come and stop only once the target is eliminated. Pretty impressively, single-handedly, a non-powered Tim Drake is able to take down the first two waves of drones. He's killed by the next wave, seemingly. What we see in the book is that Tim has been spirited away by someone they call Mr. Oz, who would later be revealed to be Jor-El, the father of Superman. Right before he got this death and got this, I guess, second lease on life, he'd also received a grant and information that he'd received a genius scholarship to Ivy University and was going to leave the Bat family and go study there. But in his apparent death, he's been kept prisoner in a place kind of outside of time and space by Mr. Oz. We get the occasional peeking on him, but the Knight's family continues. You get to see it fracture without Tim as the whole as the center of it. So in Mr. Oz's prison in, in Detective Comics 965, we actually learn that whatever has happened to cause the rebirth has reverted Tim Drake's origin to his original one. Now we're back in the pre-52 continuity where this is a kid who basically looked up and said, Batman's lost it after losing Jason. I need to find some way to save him. Tries to get Dick to come back to be Robin. Ends up wearing the costume himself. It's important that this arc is named A Lonely Place in Living because if you recall from our original podcast, The Lonely Place of Dying was the original depiction of Tim Drake as Robin. It was kind of, it's one of those synergy things that, you really see James Tinney in the four tipping his cat and getting the okay from the DC up higher ups to 
revamp this continuity. And I think it was one of the first signs that something universal shifting is happening with the Rebirth comics. Tim is eventually brought back, freed from his prison by himself, of course, but also by an alternate future version of himself, a Batman who carries a gun who's also Tim Drake. Finding their way back to the original timeline, this Tim, this elder Tim Drake realizes that he has a chance to alter his own past. That whatever drove him to carrying the mantle of the bat and carrying a pistol, mind you, can still be averted. He then remember he then reminds Tim of people he says he's missed, like Bart and Connor, Kid Flash, Superboy, who our Tim has no memory of. Future Tim comes back and basically beats the hell out of the entire Bat family single-handedly, but his pro his plan to kill Batwoman is successfully averted. But the seeds of doubt, the seeds of mistrust within the Knights family still exist. So Clayface decides they Clayface is manipulated into going crazy, and Batwoman is ends up putting down Clayface, shooting him with a bullet that puts him out of commission forever, supposedly killing him. The Bat family then has a meeting where basically Barbara calls out Bruce for using Tim's idealism. They expose that the Knights program, that the Belfry that he built was never meant to last, that it was the fever dreams of an idealistic teenager, and that Batman was encouraging him only because he wanted to keep Kate Kane close. That kind of exposure drove a wedge between Batman and Robin, and, or Red Robin, I should say. And as Detective Comics rolls on, we then see that Kate has met up with her father, Jacob Kane, and joined the colonists and is going to be running them as their leader. It's at this point where we get to see kind of the culmination of this entire story and how this entire Detective Comics run is essentially a Tim Drake driven run. How, how you may ask. So when we first encounter the colonists, we meet their tech super kid, Ulysses Armstrong, who you may know from previous continuity as Anarchy. He's the one in charge of all the tech for the colony and is the one who's able to put Jake Kane in the position to topple the bat. Now, exposed to the information he got from the future Tim Drake, he's able to manipulate the OMAC program and basically turn the colony on Gotham and on Batman and his uh, teammates. Tim, being the point person for this, is manipulated and taken control of until Ulysses Armstrong, in a great kind of turn of the knife, tries to break Orphan and Spoiler by showing that in another world, in another lifetime, they were Batgirls. Instead, this galvanizes the two of them to help free Tim Drake, shake off the conditioning, and learn the true future of that Titan, that Titans Tomorrow Tim Drake, what really happened. Because the entire time we're getting these pieces and bits of Kate killed Bruce in the cave. And she did so at the behest of the president. So the pieces are in place, but now that the control has been taken away from Armstrong, you get to see the full version of that future, that... What had happened was not because of Kate, it was because it was Bruce's plan and that it had been selectively edited before being given to Tim in the future, which drove him to being the Bat. It's a really interesting plot line, a really interesting story because you get to kind of see during that darker timeline what happens to the rest of the Robins. It's not pretty and it's not fun. And you see why that Tim Drake is driven to say, I need to control as much as I can. The series ends with Tim accepting the things he can't control. And he and Stephanie basically driving off to the sunset, telling Bruce they're going to Ivy University, but Bruce knowing that he's headed in the opposite direction. This is the Tim Drake I was looking for. This is the Tim Drake I wanted the depth of story that I was hoping to engage with. And that's why I can't recommend Tinian's run on Detective Comics enough. It is a love story to one of my favorite characters of all time. 
And the love story continues because Brian Michael Bendis has brought Tim Drake into his new Young Justice series, which I won't get into spoilers for, but they do a very good in-continuity understanding and explanation as to why he all of a sudden remembers his previous Young Justice team. I've been saying it to anyone who listened, but since 2016 when Rebirth happened, that Tim Drake is one of the linchpins of what's going to be happening next. It's been a, he has been a roadmark for what's the next story that the DC Universe wants to tell. Doomsday Clock ties into it. Heroes in Crisis ties into it. All these shifts and re-emerging continuities tie into it. And if you want a character to watch while still enjoying great stories about the character and the larger universe, you can't go wrong with Tim Drake. Now, like I said, these are Character Corner shorts. They're not long podcasts, but they're a way for you to get caught up and find out what the hell has been going on with some of my favorite characters. We're going to be doing these on a more regular basis because, let's be honest, these are comics Chris and I are reading, so they're a lot of fun for us to recap kind of how we got to where we are and kind of where we are now on these very important characters. Again, thank you for listening to the Character Corner. Thank you for listening to our Character Corner shorts, giving this new format a shot. And if you're listening to this still in July of 2019, do me a solid. Go to Podcast Awards, give them your email address, and vote for the Character Corner in both the entertainment and the people's choice sections so that we can tell everyone all the goodness that is MTR Network. We'll see you guys next time.